This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Little warning here at the top this show contains some raw language and discussion of sexual assault. Did you expect the video to blow up the way it did? I honestly, I did not. Last week, Erin Kirk Cuomo shared this video to her 4,000-odd followers. She'd found it on TikTok. It shows a female Marine in the rawest kind of distress, the kind where you can barely catch your breath. (laughs) This morning, I posted a fucking TikTok. She's sobbing, distraught. She's physically... You can see the the physical and mental anguish that she's going through. This anguish is over sexual assault, or more precisely, the Marine Corps' response to sexual assault. The woman is claiming that a man who attacked her is being protected by the Marine command structure. Well, not even fucking 10 minutes ago, I just got word that this motherfucker will be getting retained because it went all the way up across the board. Everybody said that they would not retain him. And the fucking head honcho, the fucking CG, with all of the proof and a fucking admission to guilt, decided that they will retain him. And this is exactly why fucking females in the military fucking kill themselves. This is exactly why nobody fucking takes us seriously. Yo, what the fuck? Erin had been following this sergeant online, watching to see how her story played out. She runs a group that fights against assault in the military. And when she clicked to share this video, she wrote, This is what happens when you report your assault in the U.S. Marine Corps. You know, we have a relatively small following only on mill Twitter um, and in military circles. And I thought it would probably make the rounds through the military circles on Twitter. Um I didn't quite expect it to go internationally viral. So, it, it, yeah, it was a big surprise. There are other videos from this same Marine, including one where she's getting ready to testify against a perpetrator. And it's like a much more traditional TikTok, some music in the background, like, I'm proud of me for what I'm doing today. Yeah, she was very optimistic, um, you know, had a lot of strength behind her, um, felt good that she was going to be able to say her piece, tell her story to this process. Um, and you can almost see that she's a little bit optimistic, you know, that, that, that they're actually going to um, listen to her. So to go from that kind of optimism in such a short period um, to what we saw on Thursday is, is, is very disturbing. Erin is used to being disturbed by what she sees in the military. She was sexually assaulted while she was a Marine, too. And when she talks, you can hear in her voice both righteous anger and a kind of expectation that, of course, this is just the way things are. It's the way things always have been. When you saw the response, did you think, 
maybe now something's going to change. Yeah, you know, um, I thought the same thing back in 2014. I thought the same thing in 2009. I thought the same thing in 2016. I thought the same thing in 2017. And here we are in 2021 and nothing has changed. Today on the show, the Marines have a problem with sexual assault. Can a viral video get them to take it seriously? I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next? Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The details about the Marine in that TikTok video are pretty sketchy. We know she goes by the name Sergeant Delina. We know that she's accused another Marine of rape. But Aaron says, in the Marines, the physical assault is often just the beginning of a woman's victimization. She may find her perpetrator goes on to share images of the assault without permission. And higher-ups aren't trained to respond well when this happens, making survivors recount and relive their assaults as they seek justice. It becomes a cycle. Erin knows this cycle well. Before she founded her organization, Not In My Marine Corps, Back in 2014, she went through a version of it herself. Can you speak personally? Like, take me back to who you were when you joined the Marines and when you realized there was a real systemic problem there when it came to women. So um, I actually enlisted in the Marine Corps very late. I had graduated from college already. I declined to become an officer because I wanted a specific position, which was a public affairs and combat cameraman. So I went uh, the enlisted route. I was older than all my drill instructors hmm. in uh, boot camp. And during boot camp was the first time I was exposed um, to sexual harassment. What was that like? It was shocking. It was shocking. Uh, I was multiple times harassed by male drill instructors at one point in time, I was delivering paperwork. It was, this was at the very end of 13 weeks of boot camp. Um, and I was the scribe and I was delivering paperwork down uh, the line of all the platoons ready for graduation. And I walked past the male platoons and uh, the drill instructor made like a lewd sexual sound at me. And he turned around and his entire platoon of male recruits was laughing. Uh, and when I told my female drill instructor and she confronted the male drill instructor, she was actually removed from um, her position for several weeks. Hmm. So very early on, it sounds like you understood or were taught this is the way it's going to be. We were taught in boot camp that there are three types of women Marines. You're either a slut a bitch or a dyke. Whoa. Pick which one you want to be. And those were the only options that were given to us. Oh. When did 
assault become part of your experience? And when did you realize other women were going through the same thing? Because my understanding is that you had a lot of experiences and then began talking to other female Marines and realized this is just what all of us have been through. Yeah. Um, so I was I was mercilessly harassed pretty much all the way up to my first duty station where was my the first time I was um, sexually assaulted in my barracks room. I woke up in the middle of the night to the duty NCO standing over my bed with his hands down my pants. And that was the first time that I was sexually assaulted. The first time? Yes. I then did not feel safe in my barracks room. So on my small, meager E3 pay, I went out and got a um, very small apartment out in town to try and protect myself. And that didn't work either. They would use recall rosters to find out where I lived. And what would happen once people knew where you lived? The second time when I was physically raped was when I was asleep on my couch and someone found my address on a recall roster and broke into my apartment. Um, and I woke up with him on top of me. So those those were kind of the, the two, I, I, I would say the worst, but um, the harassment and in, um, un- inappropriate groping continued throughout my entire military career. And I honestly thought that I was the only one that this was happening to. Hmm. I thought that I just must be an anomaly. And I, I stayed silent because I was afraid of retaliation. I was afraid of being called a blue falcon, which in the Marine Corps is a buddy fucker. Buddy fucker is like a snitch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blue falcon. It's what they call snitches. And uh, just stayed silent until I had been out of the Marine Corps for a good several years. And I was talking in a group chat with a couple of other female veterans. And and we all realized we had something similar of the same experience that one of these had happened to all of us. And that's kind of how uh, our advocacy began, um, was that realization that it was still happening. It did happen to all of us um, and that we needed to do something about it. So now Erin spends many of her days mucking around in the darkest parts of the internet, looking for people she can help. Sometimes women find her. Sometimes her detective work means she stumbles onto Marines who might not even know they're being abused, but their photos are being shared. Their locations, too. We definitely follow anything Marine, any kind of abbreviation MU. I have uh, people that are in a lot of closed Marine Corps groups that are only available to males, men. So kind of spies, I guess you could call them. If she's being honest, Erin doesn't have to look very far to find misogyny in the Marine Corps. It's right out in the open. When I asked her to explain, she said, just go to official military sites read the comments. This is the actual Facebook page for the MCRD San Diego. It's run by the Marine Corps um, public affairs officer. But uh, here's here's a, some rather innocuous ones. Not too bad, but what the fuck is happening to my Corps? This is in response to women now training at MCRD San Diego. Uh, the first group of women Um, went there uh, last week to start training. Uh, Previously, uh, all Marine Corps training that 
um, involved women were segregated by gender. But now, uh, due to a congressional mandate um, that the Marine Corps must integrate uh, training to include men and women together, uh, MCRD San Diego accepted their first women uh, last week. That itself, like, shows you how... How... (laughs) How backwards they are. (laughs) Yeah. The fact that women were just allowed to train with the men. Yeah. Like, it's 2021. Yeah. When we come back, how online sexual assault in the military became too big to ignore. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Erin Kirk Cuomo says one of the ways sexual assault in the military has gotten worse since she was active duty is that it doesn't necessarily end with a physical encounter. Sharing explicit images online has become more and more common. She calls it tech sexual assault. It got an initial wave of attention back in 2017 because of a Facebook group called Marines United. Yes, so this was a private Facebook group comprised upwards of 40,000 active duty male-only Marine Corps veterans and British Royal Marines um, that were engaging not only in tech sexual assault, so non-consensual intimate imagery sharing of active duty and veteran women Marines, but also were stalking, doxing, and violently talking about how they would sexually assault um, women that were serving as Marines in the Marine Corps. And they had a link to like a Dropbox with pictures of women. It had a link to a Dropbox, but then also a Google um, image cache. Um, So they, they had multiple ways to share it. How was this Facebook group discovered? So some very... Uh, strong uh, male Marines who had a very strong moral compass brought it to light. They had infiltrated the group um, when they had gotten an inkling that this was happening, um, went in and pretty much scrubbed as much information as they could from it um, in order to release the information. The scandal resulted in the Marines' highest-ranking officer, Commandant General Robert Neller, getting dragged in front of the Senate Armed Services Committee. I don't have a good answer for you. Aaron went to Washington to watch, in person. And to her, the most important moment was when Neller publicly admitted that the Marines didn't just have an issue with sexual assault. They had a cultural problem. You know, you know you've heard it before. But we're going to have to change how we see ourselves and how we do 
how we treat each other. Um, that's, a, that's a lame answer, but ma'am, that's, that's the best I can tell you right now. Um, we've got to change, and that's on me. In the wake of these hearings, working groups and a task force were created. Erin joined in. She was eager to help. She pushed for gender integration in the Marines and a policy change that made distributing non-consensual intimate pictures a criminal offense. But looking at the case of Sergeant Delina, that Marine in the TikTok video, Aaron says all these reforms, they just don't seem to have changed much for survivors. I mean, you've called this TikTok video that went viral Marines United 2.0. Is that because it's revealing how even what was put in place in the wake of Marines United simply isn't sufficient? Correct. Despite every single Marine had to sign what is called a page 11, which is basically an agreement that they have been counseled on social media conduct and that they understand um, what their uh, responsibility is on social media, we are still seeing consistently um, tech sexual assault on multiple different boards, um, not only Facebook Dropboxes, Google Links. Um, they share them on anonymous image boards like Anon-IB, any of the chans, um, as well as through Discord links. So they, they've just gotten a little bit more savvy on how to get away with it. Can we talk about possible solutions? Because you've talked about how what was put in place after Marines United clearly wasn't enough. You've talked about how the Marines are not responding appropriately now. But we do have the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, saying this TikTok video that came out was deeply disturbing. Does that give you hope that something's going to happen here? Listen, I, I'm despite doing this for so long um, and and wading through a space that is very um, toxic and um, disheartening. I am an optimistic person by heart, <laughs> um, so I, I definitely do see where we have grown, but I also see where we can go. Well, so what would it take? I mean, there have been discussions I know in Congress about changing the way sexual assault is reported to make it more likely that women will come forward and get a better result? That is my number one ask when I talk to members of Congress, as well as um, talking to Secretary Austin, that the chain of command system is no longer working. You cannot investigate yourself. Um, so we need a separate body of investigators and prosecutors that are specially, specifically trained to handle these kinds of cases and prosecute them. Because if you come forward as a Marine and say, something happened to me, you're coming forward to your boss? Correct. Mm -hmm. We are a huge proponent of the military justice improvement process. And part of that is taking all of these investigations and prosecutions away from the chain of command and giving them to an independent body. Um, right now, all of these cases are investigated by the same command that the perpetrators are under. 
So oftentimes we see that they are very good friends with the person who is conducting the investigation. And there's a conflict of interest there. How does that play out? Like, do you have examples of how that goes south? Well, I mean, take take a look at Vanessa Guillen. We begin with breaking news in the Vanessa Guillen case. Vanessa Guillen was a 20-year-old Army specialist stationed at Fort Hood in Texas. Guillen went missing in April, and a fellow soldier who took his own life is believed to have killed her. She came forward to her family and said that she was being sexually harassed. Um, They believe potentially sexually assaulted. We're not sure of that. But she was afraid to go to her commanding officers because they were friends with her harasser. And her harasser ended up murdering her. Murdering her, dismembering her, and discarding her. And Army CID was told in April that she had reported to her family that she was being sexually harassed. And they said, we have no compulsory evidence that this is true, so we cannot use this in our investigation. Lo and behold, two months later, her body is found, her harasser is about to be arrested, and he kills himself. There is no justice in this system right now. That is why pretty much any organization that works in sexual assault and sexual harassment advocacy is asking Congress and asking Secretary Austin that the chain of command should be removed from the reporting, the, the investigation, and the prosecutorial process of these cases. It needs to be handled by an independent body that is trained, educated, and has the resources to do this. Couldn't the Secretary of Defense change a lot of this himself? Correct. I mean, because we've been waiting on Congress to change it, but it sounds like he could not quite wave a wand, but pretty close. Pretty close, yes. Mm-hmm. When you ask him to please do that, what does he say? He's basically said uh, prior that he'll take it under advisement. Thank you for your um, input. Doesn't that make you mad? Um, <laughs> I. Mad? No, I wouldn't say mad. Um, it, it, it can be frustrating. But of course, just the fact that they're considering uh, listening to organizations like mine who are kind of in the trenches with, you know, active duty members is important. For so many years, it's only been the big six that uh, Congress and, and SECDEF and the president would listen to. The big six. The big six uh, veterans organizations. Sounds like a lot of white guys. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Not to put too fine a point on it. And to be totally serious, I don't know that that demographic actually represents who the military is at this point. Well, uh, you know, that's that's one of the problems that we have, especially combating sexual assault and harassment, is that um, a lot of the women of color immigrants are are the ones that are hit hardest by this. This is a national security crisis, because if we cannot recruit and retain the smartest and, and most efficient people uh, because they want to get out, because they're not welcomed, they're dehumanized, they're sexually harassed and sexually assaulted mercilessly, um, who wants to be in an organization like that? Hmm. I mean, you've said yourself that the problem in the Marines is a culture problem and that you were so happy when the Commandant General had to admit that, basically, in front of the Senate. 
And it just made me think, like, you could pass all the laws you want and make all the rules you want. But if you don't change the culture, you're not going to get very far. How do you do that work? Well, the Marine Corps had to start from the bottom. Because when you still segregate um, boot camp by gender, um, you're basically saying that those women over there aren't as good as you. They're not real Marines. And that's what they used to tell the male Marines. So, you know, up until probably 2017, males felt that they were more important than female Marines, than women Marines. So, like I said, they had to start from the bottom. Um, they need they need to fully integrate. They've been dragging their heels for the longest time, not only on gender integration at boot camp, but also gender integration into combat arms services. So, you know, we've only seen within the past several years, again, because of congressional mandates and the directive of the Secretary of Defense that all women are open to combat arms uh, jobs, um, that they are slowly but surely getting women into places where they've never been allowed to go before. Um, So really, it's going to take them a long time um, to catch up to the other services that have kind of been doing this before them. But it's also going to take a pretty good um, effort on the veteran population to call out the veterans who are per, who are continuing this kind of thought process that women don't belong. I was looking at the website for your group, and it's so marine. Like the way that you click through to report if something's happened to you, you click a little button that says Semper Fi. Yeah. Always faithful. <laughs> Yeah. It seems like you still have fondness for this institution that you are also so deeply frustrated with. Yeah. You know, um, becoming a Marine was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. I'm very proud of that Eagle Globe and Anchor. We as Marines say, you know, you're a Marine for life it changes the way that you walk through life. You walk different, you talk different, um, you're supposed to act different. Would you become a Marine all over again? (laughs) That's a loaded question. Um, When I have young women who ask me if they should join the Marine Corps, um, I I tell them at this moment, no, I cannot in good faith encourage you to join this organization. No matter how proud I am of my accomplishments, I would steer them into other directions. Erin Kirk Cuomo, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Mary. Erin Kirk Cuomo is the executive director of Not In My Marine Corps. And that's the show. Before we go... I want to tell you about a little survey we're doing. You can help us make a better Slate by answering it. It'll only take a few minutes, and you can find it at slate.com slash survey. If you're a Slate Plus person, we would love to hear from you. Tell us how to make Slate Plus better and completely indispensable. Go to slate.com slash survey. What Next is produced by Davis Land, Elena Schwartz, Mary Wilson, and Danielle Hewitt. Allison Benedict and Alicia Montgomery give this show a boost each and every day. And I'm Mary Harris. I'll catch you back here tomorrow.